Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So good. Are you doing well, church? Amazing. Well, I consider it an honor and privilege to be here today to be able to bring a message. Um, Pastor Matt and Jill, thank you so much for the lovely opportunity. Uh, never take it lightly. And um, thank you for just believing in people. And I'm living proof of, uh, proof of that, that I get to stand up here and bring a message. And I'm just thankful. So um, we're going to be opening up the Word together. So if you have your Bibles with you, why don't you open up to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And as you're finding your place, we see Paul, he's actually encouraging the believers in Ephesus during this time, and he's showing them how to grow up into Christ. It's centered around how we live this new and holy life for God. So we're going to find out some ways and how we do that today. And we're going to start in verse 1 of Ephesians 5. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. I love that there's a list on what not to do and what to replace it with. Thankfulness, right? Thanksgiving. I'm gonna jump down to verse eight here. It says, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. I want to preach a message, if you're taking notes, entitled Grounded and Growing. Grounded and Growing. My hope and prayer today as we go through this this message together is that it would be an amazing starting point for someone that might be a new believer. Maybe you said yes to Jesus last week at Good Friday or Easter. We're celebrating with you. We're so thankful, and we want to let you know that You're a part of a bigger family. We want to support you in any way that we can. But maybe you're in the room and you've been a Christian for a long time. And I'm believing that this is going to be a good reminder for you as well, someone that's a seasoned Christian. So it's going to be a good starting point and a reminder for all of us in the room. So let's pray together. Jesus, thank you that we have this opportunity to to meditate on your word. And I pray that as we do that, that we would leave this place changed. God, I just pray that you would give us practical and spiritual tools that we'd be able to actually uh, apply. Thank you that you supply them. And as we leave this place, that we would be light wherever we go, God. Lord, I just pray that you would do what only you can do in this place. Holy Spirit, speak to your people today. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, I was thinking about my childhood recently, and... um, I think it's really important for me to be vulnerable and honest 
um, with my church family. I've been thinking about doing this for a long time and felt like this, this was the right Sunday to share this information. But when I was younger, I actually um, was really scarred and went through a traumatic and stressful experience. And I think it's important to share this with my church family. And it's only the right thing to do. But it was when I went with my dad to my first karate lesson. Y'all thought I was going to go real deep for a second. No, I, I went to a karate lesson, only one, because it only took once for me to realize I didn't want to ever do it again. But I remember, you know, on the way to the karate studio, I was, I was about it because I felt good. I was wearing the uniform. I was all white, had a white belt. I felt like Bruce Lee, and I felt like I was on cloud nine. And I was probably seven or eight years old during this time, but my dad thought it was a good idea to take me and to check it out. And it's funny, I asked my mom about this the other day, and she was like, yeah, your grandpa made him do it, and he hated it too. I'm like, why is he passing it down? I don't understand, but we went, and I was feeling good until we walked into the studio. When I walked into the studio, I looked around, and what I saw and heard was very, it was very uh, alarming. We'll just say that. I was immediately sweating as soon as I walked in because people are aggressively moving, right? They're doing karate, like, Hi-yah! and, like, it's real-life karate kid. Like, I didn't understand what was happening. I thought I was going to get assassinated by another kid. And I was just in fear of my life. It was not fun. It wasn't a great experience for me. And um, we got probably two to three minutes into my first class, and I just started bawling my eyes out. I just couldn't handle it. And, uh, you know, during that time, I probably would say, like, I don't want to fight. I would rather maybe give you a hug. Like, that's just more of my speed. Or we could sit down and, and play and, like, maybe color in a coloring book and eat Lunchables. That's what I would have rather done, not learn self-defense, but... You know, my dad, he, he wanted to give it a go, and we did, and we left. So, and I go through the trouble of just telling this story because I was thinking about karate, and the best way that you learn karate is you imitate your instructor that's in the class, and you imitate the people around you. You learn by watching. You learn by um, just doing the movements, and it becomes muscle memory after a while. And when I think about Ephesians 5, I think about how it's not really that much different than our faith. We get to imitate God, and we get to step into this holy life, but the way we live life is different now because we get to operate and imitate God. You know, when I was a kid, I um, used to always hear from my mom or my mom's friends, like, oh, you're just like your father. Oh, you take after your father. I'm sure some of you guys have heard that before as well, but that's the best thing for us to, to do in our faith to take after our Father, to imitate God. And we have that opportunity today. We get to take after the example of our Father. And we can look to Jesus as well and read his words in the Bible to know how to walk through life, holy and pleasing in his sight. So we're gonna learn more about that today. And my prayer is that we would gain inspiration and new ways on how to stay grounded, but also grow. The goal is for our lives to just be a greenhouse, right? That blesses God and others. And it's beautiful that we get to gather every, every week, week in and week out on a Sunday. We spend our Sunday morning in the house of God together, but we get to be a light for our city. 
And I think it's so significant that we get to, to sit in, in, his, in his presence in worship. We allow our hearts to be softened so we can better receive a word, and then we're sent out. That's the goal, and the goal is for us to imitate God this morning. So I want to give us some points on how to start well and maintain a faith that will keep us grounded and growing. You ready for them? The first point, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. It's very simple. It's just one word. Let's remember to walk. Let's remember to walk. We see in Ephesians 5, there's two themes here mentioned in the scripture, and we're going to revisit it. Starting in verse 1 of Ephesians 5, it says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. What an amazing example of love on display. What we see here, Christ shows his love for us by willingly giving up his life for those that would believe the righteous died for the unrighteous, you and me, so that we could have life and freedom. And I never want us to grow familiar of that. I think the goal for us as Christians, no matter where you are on the journey in your faith, is to just stay amazed by that. Stay amazed, awestruck in the fact that we were once so far gone, but we've been brought into the family of God. And Jesus was the holy sacrifice. He sacrificed himself. He did something that we could not do for ourselves. While we were still sinners, Christ died. We never graduate from the basics, amen? So we can always remember that. And we need to walk in love, imitate God, but walk in love. And the fact that we are his children is absolutely crazy to me. We see in the scripture that he refers us as dear children. So Paul's speaking to a group of believers in Ephesus, but he says, dear children, that word dear is used here to describe the fact that we are dearly loved and valued by God. Do you know that you are God's beloved child today? You're loved. And we have been released and freed up to walk in that love because we've been given love that we didn't deserve. And what's beautiful about that is when we operate in that love, it passes on to other people. So we get to operate from that love that's been given to us. So we walk in love because God is the very definition of love and continues to be so loving towards us. And I want to read Mark 12 to to add to this point, Mark 12, starting in verse 28, it's a teacher of the law. He actually ends up confronting Jesus, and he asks him a question. Starting in verse 28 of Mark 12, it says, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So we're commanded to love our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But the second part is that we should love our neighbors as ourselves. But I love that what is mentioned in Mark 12 is the type of church that we are. It's our DNA. We love God and we love people. We love God, and we love people. It's our culture. And there are two parts to walking in love, right? We love 
our God, but we love our neighbor. And the beautiful thing about it is when we operate in the first commandment, loving God, it will naturally influence the second commandment that's mentioned here, loving people. Because the more that we engage in this vertical relationship with God, and we, we, the more we realize and recognize the generosity that's been extended to us, the compassion that's been given to us that we don't deserve, then that can affect our horizontal relationships with one another. It naturally does this. So the more we engage in that, it affects both um, our lives, but also other people's lives. And regardless of the situation, we can walk in love. Even, hear me, men, if it takes 57 minutes to decide what to eat for dinner with your spouse. Can anyone relate? I know, I know it's not just me. It might just be me, and that's fine. I'm just going to go on a quick rant. So sometimes it takes a while to decide on what to eat for dinner, and sometimes 57 minutes. I don't know why that specific number, but we'll go through a list of different genres of food, and we'll finally get down to two. And I'm like, hey, all right, babe. I've asked you about Burger King. You don't want Burger King. I don't know why I thought about Burger King. But um, do you want Italian or Mexican? We finally bring it down to two. And I'm like, all right, these two. What do you want? She's like, I'm not really feeling Italian. I'm like, okay, so Mexican. She's like, I'm not really feeling Mexican either. I'm like, well, that would have been helpful 56 minutes ago if you would have just communicated your preferences. So ladies, just communicate your preferences with us in Jesus' name. Um, when it comes to deciding food, I just, honestly, we have a lot to work on too, so pray for us men. So I'm not singling anyone out. We're, we can all grow and walk in love. Amen? Yes. Okay. But on more of a serious note, regardless of someone's political views, regardless of what someone's thoughts are on current events, regardless of their style of parenting, regardless of anything that's going on in life and them explaining their opinion and views, we need to walk in love and understand that people are on a journey. We need to meet people where they're at and love them where they're at. And I think in life it's so easy for us to judge, but maybe we could actually sit and listen instead of try to interject our opinions and sit and listen and maybe learn something. We might not agree with them, but we can actually learn from a different perspective in those moments. I think that's what God, uh, Jesus, did so well on this earth. He met people where they were at, and he loved them where they were at. So we can walk in love, and then the second theme that's mentioned in Ephesians 5 is that we can walk in light. So we can walk in light. Walking in light is mentioned later on in this passage in Ephesians 5, starting in verse 8. For once... You were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Other translations say carefully discern what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. So when we walk in this light, the fruit of that life becomes goodness and righteousness, which in return shows God's character to others. So when we do that, we, we are interacting with, with God. We're imitating God. We, we're becoming more of him and less of us. We're shining our light and goodness and righteousness, and that affects others as well. So children of light, we are called to examine, test, and approve 
what is pleasing to the Lord. Again, we can look to the word of God and, sh- and how, how Jesus lived his life in order to do this. And I had the lovely opportunity of preaching at the exchange recently, a few weeks back, and uh, love the exchange. It's so good. I brought a prop, and you always have to be concerned when a pastor brings props because, I don't know, no one got hurt. I would just say that. It was, it was good. Um, I brought a glass of water that was half full, and, and I started explaining this analogy and this prop and I told them that the glass that was half full with water represented our lives, and I had a pitcher of water there as well, and that represented anything that was a part of God, that was his goodness and his holiness and good things that we can put in our lives to help us grow and imitate God, like worship and the word and praying. And then I had uh, a little thing of food coloring. It was red food coloring, and that represented anything that was separate from God, you know, the our selfish ambition, sin, negativity, anything that is apart from God. And, and what I did was, you know, as we walk through this life, things stick to us because of our human condition, because we live in this broken world. We walk through this life, and obviously we need Christ because we are unrighteous, and things get into our lives. And I dropped that red food coloring in that glass, and eventually, within seconds, it, it affected the whole. It was clear, but then it went red. But the good news from that prop and that analogy is that we have that picture of God, everything that is is from God. And as we pour everything that is good, holiness, um, worship, getting together and learning more about Jesus, reading our word, as we pour in good things, as we pour in more light, light will eventually come out and it will push out what doesn't need to be in our lives. So as we commit to putting in more good things, good things will come out and flow throughout our lives and it'll affect other people. So the reason why I mention that is it takes care of itself if we just commit to sitting and, and, and meditating on the Lord. And as we read and pray and do all of these things that help us grow and stay grounded as we do that, all of the other things that aren't meant to be in our lives will get pushed out just naturally as we commit to, to getting more light in. Does that make sense? So let's walk in light this morning. Let's walk in love as Christians. And if you're taking notes, I want to give you the second point. Let's remember to retreat. Let's remember to retreat. Challenge for all of us is to give God our undivided attention and withdraw more often. How do we imitate God? By looking at the example of Jesus. And Jesus actually got away and he retreated often. And we see that in scripture. Starting in Matthew 14, verse 13, it says, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And Mark chapter one, I want to read this to you as well. Start in verse 33, it says, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. They found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also for that is why I came out. So Jesus, he got away with God. He got away, he retreated, and he was with God, and he prayed with God. But even Jesus faced interruptions at times. And how many of you know that this world is loud and busy at times? And we can get distracted so easily. But it's hard for us to get away. 
at times. If I'm to be honest this morning, it's hard for us to get away, but it's the best thing for us. And I want to read this quote that I read recently that I think is pretty confronting. It's, it's by Blaise Pascal. It's, um, it says, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. It's pretty interesting because I think there's a lot of gravity to that quote. And it speaks to our inability to exercise focus with no distractions. Although I don't believe all of our problems are caused by this, but I do believe the vast majority would be taken care of if we got alone, not just with ourselves, but got alone with God. I think, yes, it is hard to sit alone with your thoughts and emotions, and you have to kind of work through them on your own, but we don't have to do that. We don't have to work on them on our own. We can actually go before the Lord. We can pray with him, and he talks to us. That's what praying is. It's simply talking to God. And you don't have to f- have the right words. You don't have to feel like you have to write it down and it be scripted. You can talk to God just the way that we're talking to each other today. Because he's, he's, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He, want, he desires to be in relationship with you, and he's directing our steps throughout this life. He establishes our steps, and we can actually go to him at any point, but how often do we get away and retreat with God? It gets a challenge for all of us, and, you know, I read an article recently, and it was written last year, and it talked about how our attention span as humans has dropped from 12 seconds to eight seconds, which I don't think social media has really helped that at all, but, you know, through this process of just walking through life. There's so many distractions, but also our attention span is eight seconds. It's a second shorter than a goldfish's attention span, which is wild to me. When I read that, I was like, oh my goodness, help me, Lord. I don't have a goldfish, but my mother-in-law does, and I immediately thought of that goldfish. I was like, man, you can focus better than me. Um, It's just crazy. But I say all of that to just encourage us to just ask ourselves this question, like when's the last time we went away and just spent time with God? When's the last time we actually put this down for a minute? Not just in the other room, but like actually go out somewhere and spend time with God. Maybe going to the beach and sitting there just praying. Maybe going to a state park and praying. Maybe don't keep your eyes closed for too long because I don't want any wildlife to attack you. But like (laughs) going there and just praying and being in nature And talking to our Lord, prayer is so important for the Christian life. So not only prayer, but also reading our Bibles is essential to this Christian life. So we need to pray and we need to read God's word. Wanted to read 2 Timothy chapter 3 to you, starting in verse 16. Because this is the primary way that we grow in our faith, reading the word. It says, all scripture, not some, not a little bit, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This is one of the many reasons why it is vital for us to get our daily bread. Because look at what it says here. It says we can get training in righteousness. That's what we're doing, right? When we're imitating God, when we're walking in love, when we're walking in light, we're being trained in righteousness. The way that we do that is opening up this love letter that was written for us. It's God's word and getting the word in us. 
It corrects us in the moments we need correction. Hallelujah. It convinces us through the Holy Spirit that there's a better way of living life. I'm thankful for that. And it teaches us all scripture is breathed out by God. And it, it, it equips us for every good work. Donald Whitney is an author. He talks about the importance of our Bible intake. Pastor Matt has talked about this before. And I think it's great to just remember that word or those two words, Bible intake. We should be getting that on a daily basis because we should be getting our daily bread. I'm speaking to myself just as much as everyone else in this room. It's vital for prayer and Bible reading to be present in our lives. And not only just reading, but hearing the word. There's significance in that. That actually brings in a new element when we're reading our word when we hear that word, things change in our lives. And I'm gonna show it to you in Romans 10. A lot of you guys have heard me quote this scripture, but I, I love it so much. It's Romans 10, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So what that reminds us today is yes, we should pray. Yes, yes, we should read, but we should hear. And one of the most powerful things is hearing your own voice speak out scripture over situations that might seem lifeless because he brings lifeless things to life in Jesus' name. So I have a question for all of us when it comes to this topic. Are you focusing just on the, the difficult situation that's in front of you or are you speaking scripture over it? Are you so focused on the situation that you're forgetting to go to the one that can help you? Or are you speaking out scripture and truth, even before you see the breakthrough, even before you see the miracle, you can be thankful. Like we were talking about earlier in Ephesians 5, we can have thankfulness because we know God is at work, even when we might not see it with our own eyes. He is working behind the scenes. And there's power in reading and hearing the word because our faith rises in that process. That's what this scripture is saying. It comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. So let's meditate on scripture. And what's pretty confronting for me is that Jesus, he just knew scripture, right? We look at in the New Testament, he walked around, he would say, it is written. He memorized, he committed it to memory. And I think that we can do that as well. And it, and it builds our lives when we do that. So we can retreat, we can walk in love and light. And as the band comes up, we can also remember to share. We can remember to share. When we share, we are imitating Christ because we share through servanthood. That is one of the basics of our faith. That's how we stay grounded and continue to grow. Even if you spend just a little bit of time reading the New Testament, you'll quickly discover that Jesus was always focused on others. He was always meeting people's needs. He was always compassionate and caring towards other people. You know, he's always sharing a parable. Did you notice this? He's always sharing uh, his wonder-working power. He was always sharing his, his miracles and bringing about a miracle in people's lives. But I have just a quick list of things that I want to share with you this morning that we can actually share in, if that makes sense. Things that we can share as believers with other people. And the first one is this, that we can share our testimony. We can share our testimony. There's power in sharing a story. A few weeks back, Pastor Aaron spoke an amazing word, and he mentioned the woman at the well. 
And I love that that story, her life was changed forever because of an encounter with Jesus. But what's most significant, in my opinion, at the end of that story is that other people's lives were changed because of her story. Other Samaritans in the city heard about what Jesus had done. And because of her testimony, others' lives were changed because of how Jesus was working through her. So there's power in our story. Another thing that we can share in is we can share our encouragement. We can share encouragement. Hebrews 10, starting verse 24, it says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. As believers, we are meant to build up, stir up, and cheer up. That's a sign of a believer, someone that's imitating God. We build up, stir up, cheer up. That's the type of church that we are and the family that we are today. Another thing that we can share in is our faith. We can actually say, all right, God, you're actually gonna move right now and we can attach our faith to a prayer, even the size of a mustard seed. That person doesn't have faith. You can bring in faith through the prayer that you're, that you're saying. We can share in our faith we can share in a moment of prayer. We can share through generosity as well. There's so much gener- generosity that's been extended to us yeah. from our Father, and that can actually encourage us to extend that to other people. You know, as we refresh others, we are in return refreshed. And it's a beautiful cycle that just keeps flowing and flowing. And lastly, we can share the good news. And I just want to end with a story. I, I remember when I was younger, I had one of my best friends, he lived in my neighborhood. And we would always goof around after school, we'd play video games, hang out. But one day he was a little bit more serious than normal. And he said, hey, I need to talk to you about something. And I was like, okay, what's going on? And he turned to me and he actually, he gave me a pocket Bible. And he said, I want to give this to you. And I just wanna let you know that Jesus loves you. Not sure what you believe, but this is for you. And I'd love for you to read it. And I remember grabbing a hold of that pocket Bible. And I remember not having a relationship with Jesus at that point. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like, thank you so much. It was a moment for me. It was something that God orchestrated. But that moment actually planted a seed in my life. And I'm convinced it's one of the many reasons why I'm standing here today with you and this lovely family because a seed was planted that day because someone stepped out and chose to share the good news with me, my friend Tyler, and I'm forever grateful. And I told the last service this, but as I was writing this message, I was like, I'm gonna buy a pocket Bible and send it to him. And I went on Amazon in that moment. I got a pocket Bible. I'm gonna write him a letter and just let him know Hey, this was actually a significant moment for me years and years ago when we were in elementary school, middle school. I always will remember that moment because it brought me to where I am today because of how God was moving through my friend. If we commit to sharing the good news, who knows what could happen in someone else's life could change their life forever in Jesus' name. So we can walk in love. We can walk in light today. We can remember to retreat and we can remember to share in Jesus' name. You received that word this morning? Amazing. Can we all stand?
I'd love to just pray for us. Jesus, thank you that we have this opportunity to be able to worship you, but also just read your word together. Thank you that we have opportunities to encourage one another in our faith, but Lord, we just wanna be more like you. So God, give us the right path to go down. Put the right people in our lives to help us imitate you, Lord, in every situation. Lord, help us to be a blessing for others. Help us to be generous the way that you are generous to us, Lord. Let's pass on the love that's been given to us, Lord. Would you encourage us today and help us to be different from this moment on because of how you're working in our lives. We love you, Lord. We worship you in this moment. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.